Welcome to the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. I'm Gabe O'Sullivan, and joining me is my co-host and friend, Will Haycox. We are men who have suffered the loss of a child, and through this production, we desire to offer encouragement, strength, and hope to our fellow brothers who have traveled the same journey. Welcome, Will. Good morning, Gabe. All right, so we are on episode, our episode 40. I know there's other episodes that are uh, listed, and Mm -hmm. so it's 40-something. I think it's 41. Okay, yeah. So, um... Will, tell us where we're at and what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, appreciate it, Gabe. Uh, like you said, this will be episode number 40. Like you said, we've got, I think, one extra episode in there was when we were on uh, guests on the Let's Chat podcast, which is cool. You should go back and check that out. It's been a little while, so it's been up probably somewhere around <clears throat> the teens, mid-teens is where that would be in our podcast feed. Uh, but yeah, just a been about a month or so since we recorded. Um, <clears throat> that seems to be the frequency with which we can record. So I just want to run over what we've talked about and how that'll lead into what we're going to talk about today. So the the point we left off on was just kind of the responsibility <clears throat> of a husband to lead the household toward, household toward God. Uh, we talked about how you're called to be the spiritual head of the home. Your wife is called to submit to your leadership. And we went over Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, which says exactly that. But it also talks about how this isn't <clears throat> licensed to rule your home with an iron fist and that your wife is submit to submit to your authority as part of her relationship with the Lord, not that you are called to demand submission from her or to rule with an iron fist. And we talked about, too, you know, that you are called... Your wife is called to submit to you, but you are called to love your wife and your family as Christ loves the church. So that between those two, you know, the husband has the higher calling, and the husband is to sacrifice himself like Christ sacrificed himself for us. And so, you know, we talked about how I think we talked about how like, you know, the whole wives submit to your husband's thing is seen by some as like a a proof text for patriarchy and, yeah. and Christianity and how all that's, that. you know, all women should be quiet in church and wear little bonnet hats like it's the 1800s and wear a big flowing dress and never wear pants and never speak up in front of other men or anything and how that's not true. And that's not what this verse is getting at. The verse is saying there's roles for husbands and roles for wives. And the wife's role is to submit to her husband because God placed the husband in authority over her, but then God placed himself in authority over the husband. So what a biblical marriage relationship looks like is husband submits himself to the Lord and is able to lead well and lead in a loving way like Christ leads in a loving way. And then the wife submits to the husband's loving authority and guidance and sacrifice. And so it's not this relationship of Husband gets whatever he wants at any time, and the wife just has to suck it up and deal with it. And you know, the wife can be bitter because the husband's demanding things. That's not not what we're uh, promoting. That's not what the Bible promotes. So, if you have any questions about that, or if that still rubs you the wrong way, we can go back over that in a future episode. But just wanted to remind everybody that that's not. This isn't the what are those things? Red pill or whatever. This isn't one of those like super masculine like women all need to be quiet kind of podcasts. What we want is 
biblical truth and uh, encouraging and God honoring marriages. So that's and this kind is, of what we. This yeah, is totally immature, <clears throat> but it makes me think of South Park, Kenny, talking about you will submit to my authority. <laughs> yeah, I thought about yeah. that too. Uh, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, but I'm not going to say like, it. But I'm not going to say it. So Gabe's going to bring in South Park. Yeah. I talked about Breaking Bad. I think at the beginning of the <laughs> that series. So true. that's that about as about as uh, far as I wanted to go with. Uh, yeah, Walter White and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, we talked about that. Um, and then we started getting into some practical advice for how to lead and love your family well. And just a couple of quick points. Talk about, like, the most important thing is to make time with God and time in His Word your first priority. The most important thing you can do for your family is to build up your relationship with the Lord. Because, like I said, the calling of the husband is to submit to Christ's authority and if you don't know your leader, you don't know the person you're supposed to follow and model, you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, and you don't have any guidance so that you can lead out of that wisdom and guidance that you are getting from the Lord. So just talked about that and you know, basically that exact point. If you try to love people from your own strength, whether it's your family, your friends, or whoever, eventually you'll you'll fail, you'll lose patience, whatever it is, and how you can't provide water to your family if you're not being filled up and your your own well isn't being filled up by time with the Lord. So going forward now, that's all a recap. Sorry for the four-minute recap, but that's what we got just to make sure you know where we are. Going forward, after making time with the Lord and His Word, your first priority, your second priority should be family and not just providing for your family, not just going to work. You know, I, I've fallen into that trap. Like, my priority is my family, so therefore work has to actually be my second priority because if I don't provide for my family, they're not going to have a roof. They're not going to have, you know, whatever nice things. They're not going to be able to, you know, they're going to have too much stress because they don't know where their next meal's coming from and that kind of thing. But I think, I think that, not that that's wrong, a wrong thought, but I think it's, easy to take that and run with it and get to the point where you do make work the main priority and you just kind of ignore your family and you get to that point where you feel like I've worked all day long whether it's six hours eight hours 12 hours whatever 14 hours and you come home take off your shoes take a shower whatever you do and you're just like well I've done what I need to do today I'm just going to sit around you know whether I'm going to crack open a beer whether I'm going to just sit there and watch TV whether I'm going to go do yard work because something I want to do and it clears my mind like those aren't necessarily bad things to get some rest but I think it's easy to get to that point where you tell yourself well you know either my wife doesn't work or she works too but you know, whatever it is, you know, I've, I've worked hard all day. Now it's my chance to just sit around and do nothing. And I don't need to give more of myself tonight. You know, I just, I want to rest and I've earned this. And I, I think, <clears throat> again, rest is a good thing. It's a gift from the Lord to rest and, and relax and recuperate. But we are called to sacrifice ourselves as Christ sacrificed for the church. And Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane didn't say, like, God, you know, I've had a pretty good ministry here for three years. And you know, I raised Lazarus, turned water into wine. You know, I've cured the blind. I've cured the sick. I've preached a lot of good messages. I'm tired. You know, I just want to sit here and 
you know, I'll, I'll put off that cross thing, you know, for a little while, and I'll maybe I'll do that later. Maybe I don't want to do it at all. You know, he he said, you know, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass from me, but not my will and your will be done. And so, we if we are called to love and to lead like Christ, I think it's it's acceptable of us to want rest, to want a chance to to retreat from our family and those responsibilities for a time and be prepared to come back and lead them well. But I don't think that then means that we can go in and say, I'm not doing anything. Wife, you take care of this. It's not my responsibility. So yeah, I think yeah, I, mean, go ahead. As I just say your, your family needs you to take care of them and provide for them because as a man of the house, that's what you need to do. But they also need your, presence Mm -hmm. and they need your nurturing and they need your attention um, because if you don't give them those things then they're going to be resentful of Mm -hmm. the work that you're doing and Mm -hmm. then that they're not going to appreciate that and then you're going to be mad because they're not appreciating it like Mm -hmm. you have to you have to find that balance you know Mm -hmm. and so I just practically how do I deal with that Like, I have my time, I think we talked about this earlier, I have my personal time early in the morning before I get on with my day. So when everybody else is still asleep, I'm up and and doing that thing where I'm having that, you know, time to myself. And then I use the, the drive home. You know, you might I might take a drive. Sometimes it's an extra three or three to five minutes, but just so that way I've got an extra three to five minutes in the car that I'm listening to Tony Bennett, you know, or or whatever relaxing uh, thing, or listening to nothing, you know, because I've had people talking in my ear, you know, all day uh, at, at the office, and so you can you can utilize um, you can figure out some other times so that way when you get home and when your family's there you can actually be there Mm -hmm. present mentally and physically because that's what they really want Mm -hmm. yeah you done yeah okay i didn't want to cut you off um so yeah just exactly where you what you just said is where i was going it's like when you come home fight that temptation to just sit around and i've done my work so i i have the rest of the night off um that's something i struggle with too um but when you come home, like you said, your family wants to see you. They want to talk to you. They want to interact. Um, they don't. They don't want. They don't need a burned out dad who came home, you know, and is fried and just wants to sit in front of the TV or do nothing. They do want to know about your day. They want you to ask about their day. They want you to, you know, if if there's an issue that, depending on how old your kids are, you'll deal with different issues, I guess. But if there's a behavior issue, if there's a you know, relationship with your children and your wife, children and, and your other children, whatever it is, you need to be prepared. And we, we talked about this last time by spending time in the word to take the, the discipline issues and the sin issues and the, you know, whatever relationship issues that are happening in your home and to be able to meet those with the truth of the Lord and not just come home, you know, I'm sure both of us, I guess, Gabe probably grew up in that era of like, you just wait till your father comes home, you know, mm-hmm. like. My mom uh, would get after it too. So. There's that, yeah. So not, yeah, mom was yeah. not the, 
She wasn't a pushover. Wasn't, but yeah, the pushover <laughs> either. But yeah, it was like uh-huh. just this wait till your father gets home kind of like get dad double, might come yeah, home. Double dose. Yeah, and like uh-huh. he's going to pull the belt out of the belt loops oh, and yeah. hit you. Like I don't think my parents ever used the belt, but I definitely got my, my whippings. And so like you aren't just there, and I don't think it's right for you to just come in and be that executioner you know like the wife is the judge and the jury and she just comes home and says he needs a whipping and like i don't think that's what you are and i don't think not that there aren't times when that may be necessary but i think it's important that you can come in you can talk to your wife talk to your children about the day's issues diagnose them in the light of what the bible says and what you know we talked about this biblical counseling conference that i've been to and your wife completed this spring and you know, getting to the root issue of something and getting to the point of like, why did they feel they needed to yell at my wife about this? Why did they smack their brother or sister? You know, why did they just misbehave at school or something? And to get back to that, you know, pride issue, that selfishness, that, you know, whatever that is and that greed and teach them what the Bible says about it. So well, I think I'll, that's an important thing. Yeah, and I, I was going to say another in, in relation to just what we're talking about in this podcast in general is mm-hmm. if you're burying yourself in work and then coming home and bury yourself in pleasure, be that mm-hmm. watching a ball game, drinking, mm-hmm. yard work, whatever, not mm-hmm. engaging with your wife and kids if you have mm-hmm. other kids, um, why would you be doing that? Well, it's probably because you, you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. the emotional pain or challenge that goes with engaging other people right so that's what we're trying to encourage guys to not do mm-hmm. like don't just avoid the feelings that you're having and try to push them down like you you gotta engage and mm-hmm. and um that that'll make a difference mm-hmm. positively in the long run mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i think you know maintaining the relationship with your wife and you know, we're going to get more into that in just a second. But you're, you are called to come home and to be a father. You're also called to come home and be a husband and a helper to your wife. If your wife stays home and does chores or even if you both work, that doesn't mean like, I don't know what excuse you'd come up with. Like my job is manual. My wife's job isn't manual. So like I work harder. Therefore, when I get home, I don't need to do anything. She has to do all the chores. Like whatever excuse you can come up with, that's not right. And you should come home. You should help with chores, however you want to divide up chores. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to sit here and say you have to wash dishes. Your wife has to do laundry. The opposite, whatever. Yeah, y'all but work that yeah, out. Yeah, you work that out. You find something that works for you. But don't just again, whether your wife stays home, whether she works, you know, whatever, whether you stay home or you work, however that that works out in your family, you need to find some division of labor where you're not counting on your wife to raise the children and do all the housework. And your part in the relationship is I work, therefore I provide for the family and I don't have to do anything else. So that's that's what we're getting at. There's yes, it's good. It's God honoring that you are working hard every day, but that doesn't that isn't where your responsibility as a husband and a father stops. And and, and, and guys, if there's any guys out there that's got a kid or multiple kids, if y'all ever had to stay at home all day with your kids and just have like a regular day, not like a day where you're like, hey, we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, and then we're going to go to the trampoline park, and then we're going to go to the park park, and then we're going to go to Disney World, you know, like where you're doing all these fun things where life is bliss. Mm-hmm. If you just have a regular day at home with your kids, or you had to help them with their homework, or, you know, whatever, 
you know at the end of that day you are all you didn't get nearly as much done around the house as you thought you was going to get mm-hmm. done and b you are tired mm-hmm. and so think about your wife that's dealing with that every single day if she's staying at home like mm-hmm. and then give her some grace if you get home and the dishes aren't pristinely put up in their place and there's laundry all over the place and there's toys on the floor like because man like she's been through it that mm-hmm. day and so her her work has been extremely mentally and physically exhausting and just like yours has been mm-hmm. and so that's why you're together as a team like you help each other out um, not only in parenting but just in life and again have those discussions about you know about your about how you're going to help each other out who's going to do what um so that way you know mm-hmm. you know like ryan and i we just celebrated 21 years of marriage and i remember when we first got married got our first home and we were talking about this uh you know cleaning the house or whatever and i was like i do not like the dust mm-hmm. i was like i will do every other house chore i'll do inside i'll do outside but you have to dust because i just hate dusting mm. And that was, I don't know why, but uh, that's just, I just didn't like dust. I like the way it looks when it's dusted, but I don't like to be the one to do it for some reason, which is super weird, I know. But um, we had that discussion early on, and mm-hmm. so uh, now now we know who dusts and who does the toilets. Me. That's funny. Yeah, so like, you know, what, like you said, you know, whatever that is, you, you know, or if you didn't know until now, like, whether if your wife is staying home with the kids, and I, I had to learn this because, like, I guess I grew up, my mom stayed home with us, and I never knew, I never thought it was, like, easy for her to do it, but I just kind of was like, yeah, you know, you're staying at home with the kids, there's some enjoyment in being home with your kids, therefore, like, that's not, quote, unquote, as hard as, right. like, my dad, who went out of town from Mondays to Thursdays or whatever, and worked right. all week, and the same thing for my wife, like you said, you know, there's always that nagging temptation like I have to go to work I have to spend time talking to this guy and this guy and this contractor lied to me and this one did something wrong and I I blew this I didn't look at my plans and so I I blew where this pipe was supposed to be and it was two feet in the wrong direction and I look bad and we wasted time and my boss yelled at me whatever it is you know so I come home and I'm like my mind my wife it's like well my wife didn't do any of that today you know like she didn't get yelled at by this guy or she didn't deal with this person who's lying to her or who's disrespectful or something so yeah her day must have been easy and like, <laughs> right. like you say like no maybe she did have an easy day maybe her day was 10 times harder than mine you know like right. maybe it was equally as hard you know whatever so yeah i think that's a good and as bonnie gets bigger yeah what is going to happen is your wife's going to come on you're going to come on your wife's going to be like Bonnie yelled at me. Bonnie <laughs> lied to me. Like Bonnie threw a toy at my face. You know, I was thinking. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, she's already. She's what almost eighteen months. Yes, she's already already to that point where you tell her not to do something, and she you can look in her eyes, and she's like, "Do I want to do what they're telling yeah. me to do, or I want to do what I want to do?" So yeah, right. yeah, we're already it's seeing coming. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, all that to say, you know, this whole point is that. You are created as the head of the household if you're the husband, but that doesn't mean that you're this king who sits on his throne and tells all his servants what to do. That means you are to serve and to lead like Christ serves and leads, and that means that you take on the heavier burden so that your wife is able to spend time with you, your children, and most importantly, spend time with the Lord and to maintain and and build up those relationships. So like you said, Gabe, if... If there's something you don't want to do, you don't want to dust, you don't want to vacuum, you don't want to do whatever, then 
you can split those things up, quote unquote, equally. Yeah. But what would be if there's some, like if there's a tie? I don't know the best way to describe this. Like there's a tie in. I don't know why my brain's going to like Supreme Court cases because that's like the weirdest, most random thing. But if there's a tie in the Supreme Court case, then the Chief Justice or or I want to say like someone who's like a better at whatever law history than me is going to get mad at me and send us a, a comment about this. But I wanted to say like, no, that's in the Senate. If there's a tie in the Senate, the Vice President can come in and have a vote. But all I'd say, mm-hmm. if there's a tie and like there's 20 chores to do, 10 and 10 and there's then like oh there's this 21st chore take it like you're the husband you're supposed to bear the heavier burden so do more work than your wife so that she is able to be built up if she has a little extra time she can rest and relax because she's been doing whatever it is she's been doing all day and she's worn out and you are called to care for her by sacrificing yourself so that's a it's a high bar, but that's what Christ did for us, and that's what we're called to do is to imitate Christ. So all of that is one thing. There's an, another part of this, which we haven't really talked much about in this podcast, but I think it's important. Uh, obviously, it's important. It's why you have kids. Um, but God doesn't shy away, I guess, in our our Southern culture. Um, like sex is a taboo. Like we can't talk about sex. We don't you know, whatever it stays in the home. Let's not bring it up. Let's not, don't have sermons about sex and all this stuff. But the Bible is pretty bold and explicit. Sometimes like you ever go and read song of song, song of songs or song of Solomon. God's not afraid to tell us about sex because he's the one that created it. He's the one that designed it. And like, yeah, there's tons of ways nowadays where, sex is perverted and it's you know whatever used in a way it wasn't intended for but the original design for sex was for a husband and a wife who are married to each other to enjoy each other's bodies as an act of worship and appreciation for the lord and what he's done what he's given each one and the other so like just going to that like your god gave you and your wife to one another and wants you to delight in each other and Proverbs 5, 18 through 19 says, Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice, rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. And I think, if I remember correctly, I looked this up, but it's been a little while since I made these notes. That word, be intoxicated always in her love, is like be carried away. Like be, it's, it's almost like, it's the same word we think of as intoxicated. Like, let your your emotions, your like control over your body, be taken away from you by how much you love her, by how much you are you delight in her body and the pleasure that you get when you spend time together sexually. And so, I don't know if if people think Christian marriage is like you have sex when you need a kid. And that's it. Like, whatever, you know, like sex isn't about fun. Sex isn't about spending time together. It's just about, oh, well, we have three kids, so let's have sex one more time so we'll have four kids. Like, hopefully, if you're an adult and you listen to podcasts, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. But um, I think I just wanted to make a point here that sex is a gift and God created it and He wants you to enjoy it within your marriage 
but you need to respect it and treat it properly that you know if you're just back to what we've been talking about about the husband being the the leader of the family and the wife submitting to the husband I'm not certainly not an authority on marriage relationships or an authority on sexual relationship between a husband and a wife so I don't want to like go into specifics as to like exactly how does that relate to like the wife submitting to the husband in sex in marriage but I think what we need to do above all is like it said like we just talked about you know sacrifice ourselves and our wants and our desires for the good of our wife so while sex is good we need to enjoy it in our marriage relationship it doesn't mean that we can like be demanding about you know what we want or what we need or how frequently we have sex um it's not something that you necessarily should expect every day you know because i'm a man and i work hard and so i want this for my wife and if she doesn't give it to me then she's depriving me and she's cruel and i think it's really easy to be on different pages with your wife and like like i say what do you want in sex how often do you want it who's enjoying it who's not you know like do you even care about her needs and her wants and, and her pleasure or is it just about yours so i think what i want to encourage guys for here is to take that time and have those conversations with your wife like especially when you're you're hurting and you're trying to heal from losing a child like obviously there's that period after you and your wife have the baby that your wife's body isn't prepared and and able to have sex but you should whenever that time of healing is over maintain your physical relationship and come back together and it's biblical that you know, your body is your wife's for her pleasure and her body is yours for your pleasure and that, you know, you two have become one flesh and so, you know, you're not your own is what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's right and I don't think it's helpful and beneficial to separate yourselves from each other because you're tired, because you're grieving, because, you know, whatever because I think it's true and and Gabe you could probably speak to this in relationships you've had with hurting people over the years that if you do allow whatever it is to come between you physically that's like the highway to divorce that you're you know you're if you're separated physically you can come home you can be good friends you can talk about you know whatever happened that day you can be on the same page about like let's go to church let's let all the kids do sports and you know do this we'll get our finances right but if you're not doing if you're not having sex with each other and you're not maintaining that that one part of human interaction that is specifically designed and reserved for a husband and a wife it's really easy to let frustration if you feel like you're not getting physical satisfaction as much as you should there's like the chance for your eye to be caught by somebody else at work, at church, at anywhere, because you feel like, well, my wife's not fulfilling me, so I deserve it, therefore I'm gonna go seek it out here. And she might think the same thing, my husband's not fulfilling me, so I deserve it. And I'm gonna go this coworker here that's really nice to me. And so I think you're you're protecting your marriage by yeah. having those conversations with your wife about like, what does she want? What does, I know Hannah and I had to have that conversation because I was, 24 years old and thought like 
we get married, we're going to have sex every day, six times a day. You know, it's going to be great. We're going to go on our honeymoon, and all we're going to do is have sex the whole time. And, like, if you didn't know this, men and women think differently about sex. <laughs> Surprise or, you know, like, shocker. <laughs> yeah. But there is a way that a husband and a wife, whether they want sex at different times in different ways, whatever, can come together, talk about it, work through their disagreements or their just questions and like I said, you know, have a God honoring physical relationship that protects their marriage from the outside influences, protects their marriage from, you know, whatever thoughts of adultery, the separation that comes if you're not doing that. And, you know, you, you build each other up by, you know, from the husband's side or the wife's side. I know if you're if you're not regularly intimate with each other, there's that temptation that creeps in that like I can't speak to a woman's thoughts, but I can just extrapolate from what my wife and I have talked about and how I feel. Like if you and your wife aren't having sex, it's, it would be really easy for you to start thinking, well, does my wife not think that I'm attractive? Like, does she not care? Does she not know that I want that? And the same thing, you know, you're you're reaffirm you're reaffirming to your wife that you love her, that you want to like physically hold her, that you you find her attractive, and you're just you know I'm saying the same thing over and over, but you're you when you delight in that relationship with your wife, and you don't let you know the busyness of life, you don't let taking care of your kids, you know you don't let these other things, you don't let work, you don't let whatever come between the two of you. You are doing what God designed your marriage to do, which is to fulfill the physical desires, the emotional, the spiritual desires that are right for your your spouse to fulfill and helping each other avoid sin, avoid temptation, and you know really appreciate all of the gifts that God gave. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and I think there's this one verse that I keep I don't know exactly where it's at or exactly what the verse says, but it it says something to the effect of like like husbands and wives don't deprive yourselves mm. of like this physical aspect of sex with one another except for a time like for a time of prayer and mm -hmm. fasting or something. Yeah. So it, the Bible's even clear saying this is a vital part of your relationship. Mm -hmm. Is you got to get together and and you got to be together because if not, then there's it's a slippery slope. Guys mm -hmm. for or girls for for, for finding somebody else that's going to mm -hmm. fulfill those yeah. physical or emotionally intimate needs mm -hmm. that we have, and we do not want that for ourselves or for our wives or for for the people that are listening here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like enjoy each other and. And I would say in regards to this too, like take care of yourself, mm -hmm. like as a man, like take care of yourself, like make, you know, to the best of your ability, keep yourself somewhat physically attractive. Like if you're, she was attracted to you at one point, like let's make sure it stays that way the best of your ability. You're going to age, your hair is going to fall out, you're going to get wrinkles. I'm, I'm saying this because this is me right now. Okay. <laughs> So I do what I can do, right? I can't help it that, and my wife, bless her heart, I think she's an angel for for staying with me as as, uh, <laughs> as rough as I look, um, maybe compared to what I used to look like back in the day. <clears throat> um, but you still got to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. like, and 
if you take care of yourself, there's a good chance your wife's going to see that example and she's going to take care of herself too. Um, so that way you do stay physically attracted to one another. Mm -hmm. But even, even if, you know, even if you don't, I mean, it's like you still don't have some right to be like, well, she's let herself go. I'm going to look at dirty stuff on my phone mm -hmm. all day. Like, mm -hmm. there's no excuse for that. But, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, take care of yourself. You know, work out together. You know, eat right together. Like, those are things that you can do to help not only improve your sex drive, because the more you work out, the better your sex drive is going to be. Same thing for her. The better you eat, the better your sex drive is going to be. Um, so help yourself out with that. Mm -hmm. And don't deprive your wife, and, and, and but give her a little bit of grace, but have those conversations. I love everything that you said, Will. I think that's a great, great thing that you brought up here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like I said, it's something that, I wasn't like 100% comfortable with bringing up because I'm not an authority on it and I don't want to say something wrong well, you've been or unhelpful. Married, you've, been long, you've been married long enough to be an yeah. authority on this and yeah, you've been through what you've been yeah. through and so now, mm. yes, you're an authority on it because mm. you've, you've got through it. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, like you said there, you know, even, I, I guess I like what you started saying, uh, like all of what you said, but what you started saying is where I was about to go that, Yes, all this is true. I want to affirm, like like it says here in, in Proverbs 18 and 19, like, let your wife's breasts fill you at all time with delight. That's pretty clear. Like, like God wants you to, like you said, be physically attractive, physically attracted to your wife. He wants you to have sex, to appreciate her body. And yes, get what you want in a sexual relationship, assuming it's not some thing that the Bible has said not to do, like a threesome, yeah. like, you know, Perversion, adultery, yeah, right, yeah, some wrong thing that the Bible specifically says, like, yes, <clears throat> sex is for a husband and a wife together exclusively within a marriage relationship, as long as it's not outside of that, like, yeah, experiment, do whatever you think is, you know, fun and right and not sinful with each other. But I want to be careful to say, like, because like we said at the beginning, you are the spiritual authority over your wife, you need to be careful not to be demanding or resentful to your wife. And that's that's where I wanted to, to land on the sex issue. Like you said, that the Bible does say, like, don't deprive either, you know, you don't deprive your wife of sex and your wife shouldn't deprive you of sex except for a time to separate for prayer and fasting and healing essentially and so like i said obviously after your wife has a baby if you know anything about where babies come from you can't have sex for a period of time after that because it's just not physically doable and if you are like i said if you you come into marriage and you have this wrong perception as to what sex is supposed to be what a wife's supposed to do for the husband then you need to deal with that with the Lord, you know, have these conversations with your wife. And if you're you know, frankly, not to get too vulgar, but like you talked about Gabe, you know, this is our, there's a temptation that whether your wife looks different than she did when you married her or whether you've just watched porn for so long in our generation, you know, it's, I guess you didn't grow up like as young as I did having a phone and having the internet like super readily yeah, available. Right. But it's still like now, like you've got a phone sitting on the desk. I've got one over there charging. Like we could find porn in under 10 seconds. And it was not, I didn't grow up with a cell phone, but I grew up with like friends that had a computer in their bedroom. 
And so, like, you can still get it then. Even Maybe there was dial-up or something. It took you two minutes, whatever, instead of ten seconds. But, like, what I'm tra- getting at is a lot of guys, I think, 30 and younger, especially maybe even 40 and younger, probably have a tendency towards, like, watching so much porn that you think sex is supposed to be like it is in porn, that the man's in charge, the man's rough, the wife does 15 different sexual positions, you're doing this, you're doing that, and if you let your perspective on what your wife is supposed to be be shaped by like this anorexic, drug-addicted, possibly sex-trafficked woman Mm. on a screen, Mm. then you are not only this is a totally separate issue and wrong like obviously we know this is a christian podcast so porn is wrong it's outside of your sexual relationship with your wife it's outside of your your what you're allowed to do as a christian without sinning but you are then damaging your wife because you're expecting her to do these things that even this girl on the, on the screen doesn't want to do like I say and you look at the statistics she might she's probably on drugs she's probably being forced to do this she's probably you know whatever any number of horrible things are happening and you're wanting your wife to match that when one your wife's a normal woman so she probably weighs 10 to 50 pounds more than that girl and I'm not saying your wife's fat I'm saying your wife is normal and this girl's probably addicted to drugs and super anorexic or something your wife's not a porn star, so you can't expect her to do whatever it is they're doing there. So I'm just basically saying be realistic and don't hurt your wife by demanding that she do these things that are unrealistic and wrong, frankly, if there's you know weird, crazy things going on. And like I said, if you do come into marriage with that expectation, you're just heading for a disaster. So... Have that conversation with your wife. Have conversations with your pastor about like, hey, I grew up, like for me, I think I've been uh, open about this in the past. I think the first time I saw porn, I was like 10 or 11. And so I've struggled with that for 20 years now that there's always that like, this is what I thought sex was, you know, because I've watched it. I wasn't married till I was 24. So I spent... At this point, I've spent longer not married looking at porn than I have, you know, became a Christian married, at 23 yeah. and got married at 24. So I had 12 years there of looking at porn thinking that was fine or right or good, even though, like, you know, I became a Christian and knew that wasn't something I was supposed to do. I still have all that brain warping mm. by watching all this stuff and so that is a burden that I carried into my marriage and placed some of that on my wife and those expectations so if that's something that you are struggling with whether that's a whether you've even thought of that before and you're just now like huh you know I wonder if I have these expectations of my wife because I've been doing this wrong thing I shouldn't be doing like sit down with your pastor like I said, Gabe and I are experts on all this, but if you have questions, send them to us and I can direct you to somebody, direct you to books, you know, about why porn is wrong. We can talk about the Bible and what the Bible says about it and, and a marriage relationship and how to honor your wife and not just to use your wife for your gratification. So I think all those things are, are important. They're all hard topics. We could spend a whole podcast on it. We could get some expert in here 
you know, Ashton we had before could come in with his counseling experience and talk about the role of sex and marriage and how how many different ways you can go wrong by, by using it wrongly or treating it wrongly. So I think that's something we'll maybe do in the future. But just wanted to, to take time to acknowledge that the goodness of sex and the blessing of sex, but also tell you to be careful and again, to try to get back and land on this topic. What you talked about, Gabe, is like, you know, not just maintaining the physical attractiveness, but also like building that emotional relationship with your wife that when when guys, for most part, and maybe not every guy's this way, but like we come home, we'd have a horrible day, everything's going wrong, we feel like a failure, our wife walks in with some, you know, whatever, yoga pants or like the thing, you know? So like your wife walks in with yoga pants and you're like, it's time, you know, like whatever, you're, you're ready to go. Your wife's not like that, you know, mm-hmm. like she needs you to come home and to, to love on her and appreciate her and to feel like you care, to feel like you want to hear about her day, that you want to build her up, you want to give her a back rub, you want to do the dishes, like just be aware that you can't just come home, flip a switch and your, your wife can't just flip a switch and y'all have a great time in bed and then that's all she needs like just you gotta don't demand too much but build her up i guess and and just make sure that both of you are appreciating it and enjoying your relationship with each other so that's all we'll say we'll close the book on (laughs) on will and gabe's sex advice column here um and we'll wrap up this episode with a couple more just practical tips and then we'll let you go so after we uh, let's see what was my last point I got I just fulfilling, this, I fulfilling right fulfilling your your wife I mean fulfilling your relationship as a <clears throat> as a guy at home mm-hmm. doing your part helping your wife you know and then also fulfilling your relationship as a husband sexually mm-hmm. and then now you know we're talking about how how do we fulfill our, our role as being a good example mm-hmm. so kind of what, what yeah. are you talking about there yeah so <clears throat> being a good example you know spending time with the Lord serving your family, making sure that you honor your marriage bed and honor your wife there. And another thing, like you said, to be an example is to spend time doing ministry with your family. So like, it's an easy thing for us all to say at church on Sundays, let's give $5 extra dollars, you know, in the offering plate today. And let's just tell our kids about how great that is. Like, yeah, you should be generous, but we're also called to obey Christ completely, which means not just giving money or you know, whatever it is to just check that box and to tell your kids all the good things to do, but not ever show it to them. But this means like volunteering at the church, practicing witnessing, practicing generosity, and not just giving an extra $3, an extra $5 one time to a building fund, but like making that a part of your life that if you need to set apart 2% of your income or 5% of your income or whatever it is, or like teach your kids to, at Christmas, we're going to buy some extra toys for kids that are in the foster home or whatever in an orphanage or something and we're going to go we're going to give that to them we're going to take part in an angel tree or whatever it is you know build a consistent practice around your family or with your family of serving together in whatever way you want to do that and again if you're to lead your household you shouldn't leave this on your wife's plate to figure out 
definitely shouldn't leave this on your kid's plate to figure out whether they're they're two and literally not capable or if they're 12 they don't have that spiritual maturity to know how to serve someone and what servanthood looks like so just don't let your life become so busy that you can't stop and love someone else and show your kids what it looks like to give of your time and your money and your resources in order to bless someone else and the last point here is like bringing this home so what does this all mean this entire i think this is the fifth part maybe of this little mini series so what does this whole thing mean in relation to the death of a child and i think kind of where i landed with this and gabe you can look back over our notes and and kind of throw in your thoughts here as we wrap this up since we're at like 45 minutes now is that you know, we can't make it through the death of a child without some scars, whether they're emotional scars, physical scars, spiritual scars, you know, whatever. But the, the hope of Christ and the comfort that we get from him carries us through all this with joy. And just some quick recap points is that, you know, in order to be good husbands and good fathers and help our wives and children handle the pain of losing our, our their sibling or, or one of our children, we need to be God-honoring husbands and fathers, and that means that we are taking time to build and maintain a strong relationship with Christ. We're counseling our family in the truth of Christ, and you know whatever that counseling is, discipline, that counseling is telling them Bible stories, that counseling is having uh, family worship time, You know whatever that lands as in the moment. That all, This also means you know being a God-honoring husband and father is praying together with your family for the comfort and peace that God provides through your grief, whether that's just you and your wife, if you're if you don't have any kids that are living or you have young kids who don't understand, you know, bring them in there and just let them listen and know that you are speaking to the Lord. And lastly, being a, a God-honoring husband and father means that you're taking the time to sit with your wife and to cry with her, to hold her you know, to be honest with her, and we've been over this before, but, you know, if, if your wife is just outwardly a complete wreck about losing your child, which is right, you can't just sit there like this stone-faced husband that's just like, I'm so sad, wife, that we lost our child and that you were sad. You know, hold her, cry with her, grieve with her. Even if you're not responding the exact same way, like, show her that you cared about your child. Show her that you're hurting too and just pray with her in those moments when when everything is just crumbling around you show her that you are hurting too but that you can be a strength and a refuge for her because you have Christ as a refuge and just you know let her know that she's not alone in this that's great man and again this is this whole series was about loving your family well and leading them well so make sure that you listen to all the, all the parts of it and hopefully it'll mean something to you as I know it's meant a lot to me to be reminded of a lot of these of things that we need to be doing. So we want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you follow Lost Boys and Found Fathers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also check out my books, uh, Thou Will Be Done. That one is available on Amazon, paperback, or electronic. And then my newest book, Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. You can find that on Amazon, Apple, or BarnesandNoble.com. Again, thank you all for joining us today. Let's remember to not be lost, but be found in Him.